What's going on, dimwits? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. I hope everybody's having a good summer like I am. I'm having a terrific summer, and I think everybody else is too, despite, you know, people like to act like the world's going to hell. But look, we're just having a good summer so far. It's been kind of fun. So pay attention to things that seem fun, like today's show, which is sponsored by Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free by visiting blueapron.com slash badchristian. Yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No, girl, it's my flesh. I, I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one, hit it. Angry. It's Aggressive. the Bad Satan Podcast, where we I just bring tried to the gospel the of evil. For it. I couldn't get What's it. the deal with the... Uh, <laughs> the stereotype of uh, <laughs> aggressive music and, and white angry men. You know what I mean? Like, isn't yeah. that so just a thing that is so obvious? And it's and related so, to Sat- Satan, too. Well, you know, it's just hard. You know, people music. always remember all the way from Metallica to Fred Durst, I suppose, you know, from that. It's, it's just well deserved. The, like, it's an easy slight to say, you know, how those angry young white men are with that music. The, but they do. Angry, That's what they yeah. like. They like yeah. aggressive, yeah. mean music. Well, I mean, why would you want your music to be mean? I mean, this describes me, of course. I grew up with Deftones and Limp Biscuit and right. Nirvana, and I thought it was angry, and that's why I liked it. Isn't that weird? I mean, but here's the thing is, yeah, it is weird. So, there's right. so many genres of music that do that same thing, such as hip-hop and country. You can find a hip-hop and country song that sounds very angry and badass, and you bump it with the windows no down. There's no country song that is mean as any disturbed song. Merle Haggard, you got to listen to him all the way through. <laughs> no, there's definitely some attitude there that I like. But, you know, it's just like, it's weird because you don't like it when people are mean, but mean music's tough. And what, do you, what oh, are you yeah. feeling yeah. when you listen to it? It's like, oh, Zach De La Roche is mad. That makes me yeah. happy. I mean, what's, yeah. the, what's the deal? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and it makes you actually open up a pit and hit people. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a way of, maybe that's what it is. It's just a way of, you know, getting out aggression like we don't get to fight wars or be soldiers and like right. what we maybe evolved for or something so maybe it's just a little mosh pit yeah, might be right. will keep us maybe it's a relief valve as you get older i've noticed i get less angry or but i don't know if I, that's <laughs> and true you listen to less angry I, I, music too right yeah you're right i mean i do i don't really listen you to much angry music for it for it anymore but i'm just kind of snarky now i'm not as angry i'm just people are, you're snarky so. <laughs> okay so i have a, a good announcement for the those people that are in the bc club and i have bad Ooh. news not really bad news for everybody else it's really all good news but the best news in the world is uh the new emory album is going to be so good that i'm dying Sitting, making it like I get, I'm getting so excited. I've been spending like whole days on it. Like I spent all day yesterday, about a 12 hour day with a dinner break, doing guitar on one song, and it's one of my favorite days of my life. I just love doing it so much and rarely get the time. Anyway, this album's coming along. Can, can I throw a side yeah, note here can. too? Go ahead. I worked for 12 hours yesterday too, but it wasn't joyous on the <laughs> album. I <laughs> screamed all day until my head throbbed and I'm not no joke, my sinuses stopped up and I couldn't hear for a little while. So making this record That's is your also killing me. Yeah, you make ang- that angry white dude music though. I don't know why I you do. do it. I, I was telling that to Reva earlier. I was like, 
why in the world do I write songs that need screaming? Because they need it, and that's the right yeah, answer. You're right. The art, you're right. They needs do. it, and that is anyway, it's satisfying to have a skill and then be able. Anyway, this record is <laughs> we're putting a lot of time and effort into it, and obviously we do the podcast. It's a big deal. The band's a big deal. We got tour dates, uh, big announcements for both podcast and uh, Emory. You know, going forward. But for right now, for this period, from yep. now until, I don't know, maybe the fall or maybe indefinitely, I'm not sure, we're going to start making one Bad Christian episode a week. It's gone so good since we've, uh, you know, put the new music on it and done the damn news and done more segments and are trying harder to record in person and do a better job with the show. All improvements that are going well. Uh, but uh, but we're going to do one episode a week right now while the through at least the rest of the summer so that we can make sure not to get behind. We're making the What Would Jesus Sell documentary, Emory album, travel, festivals, tour dates, developing the conference. All these things had to be done. And so we're going to do that. Now, the great news about this is we're going to make an extra, extra episode for the BC Club. So if uh -huh. you are in the BC Club, you will get this episode. You will get the club-only episode, and you will get another additional episode that only is received by the Bad Christian Club. And I've got we have some oh, yeah. really good ideas on what that's going to be. So now, if you're in the club, you're gold, gold, gold. And if you're not in the club, you'll see a little less of us. But obviously, the easy thing to do is just move over to the club and get all the content that we're going to continue to make. But thank you. Sorry the Emory album's taken so long. Um, but we're going to get it right, and we're right in it now. And I'm very excited to let you all hear some stuff. I'll, I'll let you hear some stuff real soon. I'll bring a, a clip in uh, next week or something like that. And, and, Matt, let me just chime in here. For those of you that are saying, well, why are you doing that? We're just trying to be more like Jesus. If you read the four Gospels, Jesus spent the <laughs> most time with smaller groups than he did with the masses. So that's all we're doing. Yeah, we just retried. But, yeah, we're going um, to still be making a bunch of content. But you got it. You, you got the message. Okay, so, Joey. Um, Joey? I know you do pastor with no answers. Are you going to keep that up? Or are you about to quit? Have no, you not gotten to the you, point where you, know, you want to quit that yet? You know what? I have so much fun with it. I have complete, just complete control. Do whatever I want. I'm not trying to grow this big podcast. But I realize another perk. That's it's good. unbelievable practice. Absolutely. I mean, it is unbelievable practice. The fact that I not only do I do this stuff with Reps. you guys, but then I have a, a podcast that I'm in charge of. Hell yeah. I have to... to to guide and steer and all that stuff, it's it's great practice. Yeah, that that's really good. Tell me about what you're telling me before you got into because we do all these conversations here. You know, we have so many guests on here, and it's just like sometimes they say nonsense, and we don't really push back or whatever. And there's different reasons of why. But um, you were telling me just this morning already that you got, actually got into it with somebody on on your podcast in a one on one situation. Lay it on us, brother. Well, maybe after maybe after y'all hear this, you guys will see that. I don't know if this is unique to me, but we're all well, working thanks for helping on out. this pod. Yeah, sure. We're all working on this podcast to be a little more direct, especially with our disagreements, but uh -huh. but being done in a very civilized, productive way. Well, I had Mark Moore from Christafari on Pastor with No Answers. It has not oh, been nice. released, but he he started uh, basically, I guess, the first Christian reggae band and yeah. uh, pretty successful yeah. guy. So everything he said had to do with I've got to preach the gospel at every show. Uh, he didn't mention Lecrae specifically, but I think that's who he was talking about. That I brought up Lecrae. He said, you know, I think artists that start off really bold with Christian lyrics and then start to neutralize a little bit shouldn't be doing that. I'm not going to judge their hearts. But basically, every Christian who is an artist has a responsibility to have very 
bold, assertive, Christian, gospel-centered lyrics. And I was like, I can't have, I, I can't put this interview out yeah. if I just say, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, well, mm-hmm. let's talk about your album, blah, blah, blah. So it could not have gone any better. And I think it had more to do with this guy's personality and the fact that I think he was more comfortable with the pushback. In fact, he even followed up and so said, So give us thanks. examples, if you don't mind. Well, basically, more. I just said, okay, wait a second. I said, I can, I can get into the, I can, I can get with you if you say God wants me to be super bold and to preach at the shows and all that. I said, but I don't, I can't go with you if you're saying that is a universal uh, requirement of every Christian that does music to to do that sort of thing. And then he threw in a, a bunch of scriptures supporting his case, and then I threw a bunch of scriptures at him saying, no, that's that's not... And, and just even how we read the Bible, I just flat out said, man, I cannot believe how differently we see this. But it was a great, great conversation. Um, but Did I don't think it would all... Uh, not at all. And I, and I was thinking because... Here's here's what here's how it would play out. He would say something I would disagree, and typically at that point, if they say something else that I disagree with, yeah. I just leave it alone, and I'm like, okay, moving on. But I could not do it by the nature of the conversation. Every rebuttal he gave brought up a whole new topic, <laughs> and I was like, no. no right. And so the I went in there thinking that it was going to be a 20-minute conversation on Christafari, their new material, you know, being on the road and all of that stuff, and it ended up being real, genuine, original, pastor-with-no-answers material, which is kind of theological back-and-forth debate and everything, and it really did go well, but I really don't think it would have gone that well if somebody was was more sensitive. But I, ha- as I was doing this conversation, I literally had to make the decision, okay, whatever comes to mind, I am going to say. I like, that. I have to do that. Otherwise... I will definitely take the wimpy way out. And so I joked around about this in an earlier episode, but I literally would type out the sentence that I'm going to say, and I would read it word for word so I wouldn't chicken out. <laughs> I love that. That's really good. So the interesting thing to analyze, though, is I think part of the effect of when we have interviews and it's just pushback is just not going to happen for one reason. I've been thinking about this a lot because we had one recently that was that way, and they, they happened – periodically when it's clear that we disagree vehemently or one of us is known to disagree with something that was just said on the podcast it's like yeah this i mean you'll open up a whole can if you do there and this person's clearly not expecting it but i think part of it is the deferred responsibility same with mobs and large crowds like they don't help people if there's more people around but if you're the only person around and you see somebody hurt you'll help them more likely and it's something to do with well somebody else if you're doing the three of us interviewing somebody, it's like, well, maybe somebody else will push back here or know how yeah. to navigate this or have the appropriate response or I don't want to be the one guy who does X, Y, Z. And so when right. you're doing an interview one-on-one, you felt your actual integrity on the line. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I do think that it's as interesting or as weird as this sounds, I really do think that I am in interviews kind of, uh, confirming what you're saying, I think I'm just better by myself. And I, agree. I, I honestly think I, I think, I all, think all three of us are probably yeah. uh, better. But for what sure. we're normally going for is a different thing, though. It's more just of a conversation. It's not intended to be battle or debate. So it's not like if you're at a dinner party and you're having a fucking good time with the people you invited over. It's not as if if they make some reference to a political thing and then keep moving with the dinner conversation. You don't say flag that. 
Let's yeah. sort this shit before we get yeah. to the chicken. You don't do that. Now, yeah. Now, one thing that some people have that I don't and I really respect and, and part of me wishes that I had it, but it's just not my personality. So I just need to deal with it. But I can't be super direct and assertive without making sure they know, hey, this mm-hmm. there's no hard feelings. I love you. We're just having a discussion with that in mind. I'm not going to mm-hmm. stop with this. I do not agree. But I like when I see people on on TV and news, uh, I mean interviews and everything, I'm just like, man, that's hard. But that's so artificial I mean, though. Kick- you know, that's yeah. like they have to cram it in. Like it, that's the thing about it is the, the approach that would really work would either be one where you agree to perform a debate, like I'm going to fight back with you. Are you both ready? We're going to do a hostile debate or whatever. And there's ways to do that effectively or properly, but the other way is you would just actually ask questions like, oh, really? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, what do you mean by that? Right. Well, tell me how that right. works. Now, you certainly can't do that on a TV four-panel show right. for, before a commercial right. break. And turns out, and this is shocking to me, but it turns out a 45-minute conversation with somebody, you have no time to just go in there and ask a bunch of why right. and how's this work questions. You don't. Right. And you don't know what you're going to discover when you get there, how many more things that's going to open, or if it's it's just it's it's insane. Well, that's why I have so much other respect for those long that, podcasts. It's yeah, better. The, I think the other problem, too, is or the thing is, Joey, you had a great guest that was willing to go there with you and it, it stay maybe even helpful or productive as opposed to we have a lot of these folks that come on and they're almost like a, a politician, whether it be a pastor or a speaker or a person, whatever their job is. Uh, and so they kind of already have some bullet points and you're not going to get anywhere if you push back anyway. So it feels like a waste of time. Like for me, yeah. oftentimes, if how how productive is it just to sit there and go, okay, let me say this, let me say this, let me say this. The only thing you can hope for is if you really catch them mm-hmm. in something, but I don't really like doing that kind of thing right. either. I don't yeah, like I don't, that either. Like you weren't trying to the catch the guy. Yeah. You were just pushing back on him, but yeah. I, I don't know. So I'll tell you something. It'll dictate that, who our guests are in the future for sure, though. Yeah, th- this makes me look really bad and maybe it'll look make me look good. I don't know. But it, this whole this interview made me realize in other people's eyes, like in the internet world, podcasting world, Joey Svensson is something. Like I seriously, I I, listen, listen, I seriously have to remind myself of that. I'm like, I really have to like do a, a, a check. I'm like, wait a second, bad Christian and any podcast that affiliated with is a really big deal. This, this guy, he has millions of YouTube views and he thanks me for not making him look stupid. First of all, there's a big problem. <laughs> there's a big problem if a lot of people uh, try to belittle the other person. But secondly, I was just like, who am I? Like, I'm looking at this guy as this dude is the super successful so guy. Funny. I'm the wee wee stupid podcast interviewer, and I keep forgetting. I but guess you keep forgetting that you're deal. actually what is it that you right. are? Something, something. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you need to put a you know an index card or a business card in your wallet that that. That and you periodically look at look at it to rem- just so something. that you remember that you're really something. It's like Pastor Joey, Joey Vincent, Vincent. I'm serious something. podcaster on the internet. But does but know. does that make sense? Does that yeah, make sense funny. to you guys? Yeah, it does. Yeah. But it's funny. But the thing, oh, yeah. the, the thing that I'm continue continually worried about, and I am worried about this, is the medium of podcasting is supposed to be the one where you actually get to hear what people are like, and that is right. why people listen to podcasts, right. and that is why it's big, and that is slowly. And right out from under you without you realizing it, changing. And now podcasting is closer to, and I think this is part of what people react to, it's closer to hearing two people talk 
past each other toward audiences. That's a problem. It's a real problem when, for instance, and that's why debate's not a good thing to do because it's me grandstanding and hopefully the people that hear what I say as I talk to this bozo will get, I'm looking out to the crowd and I'm saying, y'all hear the point I just made on this burn and what I'm trying to say, push my agenda, here's me. And then the other yeah. guy gets a chance and he's talking to the other people and we're fighting over the Venn diagram of people in the middle which <laughs> versus me talking to him and them getting to simply observe that. And when that All gets right. violated, it's fucked up. It's a talking point. It's agenda driven. It's what's wrong with mainstream media and is what we're supposed to be fighting against. And it's easy to fall into that trap. But you know it when you're talking to somebody, but you're more thinking about the audience instead of that person that you're talking to. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think everybody needs to be on guard about that because this medium is supposed to be good for this reason. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we're just I, too that, nice. That's so true. I never even thought, I, I never heard that or thought about it. But I remember just how blown away I was when I heard Shaquille O'Neal on Art of Charm because I was like, dude, I'm hearing the real what he's deal like. Shaquille right. O'Neal. Yeah, this right. is unreal. Like That was probably my favorite podcast episode ever was yeah. hearing Shaq be himself. Yeah, so that's, that's what everybody cool. wants. So you get people, podcasters need to remember that, and audiences need to remember you don't want more CNNs producing shit down here. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. You don't want the most articulate, thoughtful person with his talking points and pre-prepared right. questions. You don't want that. That's not what we want to be yep. doing. So it's supposed to be more fun, more conversation. But there are certain things that we just have real knowledge about that we have to tell you, and we are the authorities, and you need to listen. Scripture being one of those. All right, well, thank you guys for letting me do another one of these. Let the music roll. Okay, Mr. Something on the internet, what have you got yes. for us? Well, let me ask you guys, I, my guess is that Toby would say yes to this question, Matt, no, but do, do you guys worry a lot? No. Well, it depends on what you mean by worry. Sometimes if I get high, I get paranoid. Does that count? Yeah, I think so, but, but yes. naturally. So, Toby, do you, are you a worrier? Uh, probably so. You, like health not... and things like that. So yep. the the question that I want to, I guess, propose to you guys is, is all worry bad? Uh, and if so, are there some things that we value that we incorrectly call worry? Because I kind of think that maybe all worry isn't bad. So, uh, Clay Crenshaw, mm-hmm. uh, he took note of Philippi that he's in the club and he said, Hey, for twisted scripture, man, uh, Look at Philippians 4, 6 through 7. So I'll read it. And the context, uh, remember, I'll tell you that Clay, his wife, is clinically diagnosed with anxiety disorder. So with that in mind, Paul says in Philippians, uh, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Um he said that this passage is weaponized as a cure-all for anxiety and worry, and he wanted to know what we thought about it. So I actually, I, I was thinking, golly, what does that mean for people that Can you read it one more time? I always, need, I always sure. need it twice. Sure. It's, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So if you do all that, then the peace of God 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So basically, if you don't worry and you pray and give God all that stuff, he will give you uh, peace. So I actually think this verse still works without weaponizing, and I can say that because I struggle with depression, because the first line in this passage is where it's at for me. It says, don't be anxious. And what I'll say about that is for some people, that is unlikely or maybe impossible. So you got to do two things here for that peace. You have to not worry, and then you have to give everything over to God. But some people can't do the first part. Does that make sense? Right. Are we are we saying right. that worry and anxiety are synonymous? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So okay. it's like a dude, if, if you if you um, told someone, hey, you know, do the 10,000 steps on your Fitbit and eat better, and here's the steps to a better health, and yet he's in a wheelchair because he can't walk. Well, he can't do the Fitbit part. So just like Paul is saying, hey, don't don't worry about anything, and then God will give you peace, some people would say, yeah, but I I that's a disorder that I have with that in mind, you know, if I'm talking to clay, I would say, yeah, you got to do, you got to do all of that for the peace that passes all understanding. But it led me to another question, which I do want to kind of dig in a little bit with you guys is, is, is all worry bad? So here's an example, Matt, you go home, um, you knock on the door well, I mean, and Bridget, flatly, I'll just say no. I mean, okay. I, yeah. I, because, because Bridget answers the door and says, I was just trying to call you. I don't know where Georgia is. Right. That would be, unheard of ridiculous if you're like well we're not going to worry right i mean if jesus was standing right next to you and said look i'm not going to tell you the outcome of all of this but i don't want you to worry you would be like sorry i'm going to worry i don't know where my child is so i mean would you agree with that right it always well it's always thrown me off because i don't know uh either I, I struggle with words no matter what. Like, uh, how powerful are they? How aren't powerful are they? Like, what if you said, I am concerned, but I'm not worried? Right. Or, right. you know what I mean? Like, you have like to do that some idea. more definitions to even get like, at this. But, but at the, face value, I would just but, say the Bi- that Bible passage doesn't really make sense or is, is, is invalid and, if we're using all the right words. And um, I would and say, I would agree with you, though. I would, I would, no matter what, be the, the level of a child missing immediately goes to worry. It's not just, oh, okay, let's figure out this. And let's, I mean, right. I go, I go next level. Yeah. Well, can't, isn't it simpler, that has to isn't be it simpler than that? I mean, w- I mean, from, from my view, I would say, no, anxiety is a very normal and healthy part of the way humans are designed. That's a very right. good thing that we are able to experience pro- appropriate anxieties. Yeah. That's the yeah. that's stage fright is that or not stage fright, but like, oh my gosh, I need, it's actually a cognitive state and people get mad at me for saying the word cognitive too much. So I just did it then, but it's a, it, that's specifically what this is. Anxiety is a cognitive state of alertness and focus that is with an escalated yeah. heart rate. That's a yeah. biological, necessary, helpful, useful functions for going into a meeting or public speaking, uh, you know, all those things. If you feel anxiety, if you didn't, if you didn't check the lock for the ninth time and your heart is beating and you're super alert and all those same body reactions are happening, then that's bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, you know, for it's disordered, if, if you, yeah, if, if you look at this, you could, I think I could even make a case for saying, yeah, if you don't worry and you pray and give it to God, you're not going to be anxious, but it may be God's will for you to be anxious sometimes and you're not able to give it over to him. And so, um, a uh, little example that I let made. Let go Matt, and let God. Wh- yeah, <laughs> Matt. A long time ago, you used the word fantasizing about 
tragic things happen mm-hmm. to your kids Dark and, fantasies. and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And so I think that may be a better definition of worry is when you are troubled by something that hasn't even happened. So for example, this is bad. Maybe I'll get cancer. I'm freaking out because I, 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 I you know, uh, maybe I'll get cancer one day and I just can't get that thought out of my head. No, that's worthless. Don't do it. But what if the doctor says, hey, there's a possibility that something bad, I don't want to say the C word, but I'm going to have to, you may have cancer. Well, that that's a little harder not to worry. And not then, harder, it's appropriate. Right. And then it's obviously, good. if if someone said you have cancer and this is going to kill you, it would be a slap in the face to your family if you're like, well, okay, God told me not to worry. Right, but no so, so the issue here is the Bible's clearly wrong, right? No, I don't think it is. Okay, I, I don't that's what I'm so. saying. I'm just trying to get, to, I, I don't think it is either, but let's get to that point. The Bible just right. says what? You want to read it one more time? Yeah, and well, he, here's because it takes uh, literal read it how it meaning says, away, or or, or it t- it's either a literal. We have a problem with the literal meaning, or we have a problem with translation and definitions. But go ahead and read it one more time. Yeah, all right. Don't do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. Do not be anxious with, about anything, but I'm telling right. you, you should be anxious with, about many things. So who's wrong, the Bible or Matt, or do we misunderstand each other and, and the definitions of these words? But see, here here's how I say it. Here, here's how I would read this scripture, and I think it still works. And I don't mind. So not literal. Work, then. So are you going to redefine no, it or no, make it not literal? Which? No, I don't think. I, no, I don't think. I, I think I'm going to resituate it in a way that it makes more sense. So, uh, which makes complete it, sense considering it didn't this make was good an enough ancient sense on language. its own the way it was God breathed. Sure. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just so, saying. What remedy do you have for the obvious conflict here? I'm just. I'm curious well, to see. Well, because like. Um, there's there's a lot of passages that we've read wrong. We'll go ahead and reorganize times, this like, one and fix it so that we can right, so, update it in all the Bibles. All right, so basically, here's how I would say it. As I would say, sometimes worry is good, okay? Mm-hmm. But if you want to have peace, here's how you do it. You don't worry, and you give everything over to prayer. But remember, sometimes you need to just worry. So would you like That's to put that in it. the original manuscript or as a footnote in all future Bibles? Well, also, it's interesting, the different uh, versions of the Bible, like the KGV says, be careful for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you get over to the ESV, and it says, uh, do not be anxious about anything. Mm-hmm. So using yeah. the word anxiety in a clinical way may not actually apply here is what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Right? Like, we've got a definition problem here, a translation and definition problem, not really even a literal problem. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely experienced this piece, and so I do think that there is something to this, but I, I, when people start throwing scriptures at folks with real problems, and you just say, yeah, you have to make this work, that's just, that blows my mind. Mm. I don't see how anybody could be that callous and, and sensitive. Exactly. Exactly. Like uh, I did an interview with on, on Pastor with No Answers with a guy who lost his son, and basically people are telling them things that lead them to believe it was their fault that he died in the first place. I'm like, your Christian brother is telling you things that lead you to think, oh, it was my lack of faith that caused my son to die. I was like, how abusive is that? That's just ridiculous. So I think in conclusion to all of this, I would certainly say that I believe that all worry uh, is probably not all bad. Like sometimes worry is a very legitimate stance. And honestly, that's really interesting because my whole life I've always thought worry is a sin. So when Bible says do not be anxious about anything, you just simply disagree. 
Um, no, I'm saying that it. <laughs> no, that, that's what. That's to sum it up. We read the Bible passage, and in summary, you just disagree. Yeah. Right. Not no, all, I, I, you said not all worries bad. <laughs> right. So it makes a clear statement which you disagree with. He's trying to weasel out of it. No, what's going mean, uh, uh, to do? I, I disagree with it too. I, I guess what I'm saying though is, why can't this be instructions for peace? Yeah, hey, it just should have been written better. We work. agree about that. They're just a bad job sure. of the writing. Yeah, right. Paul, you suck, man. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, either way, you agree yeah. with me that you either don't agree with the Bible or it was poorly written. Which of those do you prefer? But I mean, but but here here's what I'm learning though. No matter what, no matter what, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 can be very helpful, sound advice if used responsibly and not looked at as a cookie cutter, black and white, this applies to every situation in this sort of way. This is very helpful. Like Sometimes I'll read this, I'll be like, that's right, I shouldn't worry. There's a truth there that should Hope, hopefully, transcend the literal I, meanings and the translations and the culture different and whatever and the whatever I, happens like to be the DSM five now whatever. I'd like to throw in one caveat. I actually think this could be true, and if you didn't worry at all, even if your child was lost, you might be better. But I, it's an unfathomable. No anxiety if worry. you were trying to right, climb right, right. The, a, a, a sheer cliff face at the Grand Canyon. You don't think you'd be? No, it's better it, to be anxious at that moment. It, Nope. If you could, if you could have peace while you were climbing and going, I'm going to be calm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, my Fair old enough. pastor told me, uh, Good point. Uh, uh, what what was the, the the saying, Matt? I told you this about slow is uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Right. Like like slow is smooth and smooth is fast. If you move slowly, you might do things better and more calmly. When I am erratic, when I'm anxious, when I'm worried. For the most part, it's usually unfounded mm-hmm. and not as helpful. So I actually think this could be true, and it might imply there's no way you aren't going to be able to. You're going to be able to do that. this. Yep. You know what Tell I mean? Like, good, that. good job advocating for the inerrant and literal. I pr- well, that's I think no, I'm, I'm I, once again that's, that's fair it, enough. I, yeah, I've said this a million times. Every scripture points to Jesus to me. You can't do it. Yeah, you can't. yeah. yeah Toby's well, point you is you can't. So now you yeah. need something, and that's Jesus. I like it. Yeah, and to and to further, um, I like that point. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. I, mean, I was be, just going to say thanks. The actual action of worrying about your kid being lost does nothing. Yeah, like yeah. It, no, that's it, true. It, it's, it's just a security defense mechanism. We go, well, I am worried. So, so to prove that I, you know, I love my kid or whatever it might be, you know, it's it's not necessarily. It doesn't actually do anything though. It just takes up space in your brain. Yeah, for the most is most of our anxieties are misplaced. That also right. is true. I, I, so I guess me, I'm curious if there are some places for uh, correctly placed anxiety though. Yeah, I, I think there's very normal, correct ways. But hey, Useful. if you want, if you don't want to worry. Here's some instructions. Have at it. Good right. luck with that. Well, you know what I'm saying? Thank like, you, so, Pastor Somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we you are you something today. God, I, God. I, am a, some, I am the most famous campus pastor podcaster out there. That is there's, true. You got it. There's there. no podcasting campus pastor out there. You are simply the most prominent uh, campus pastor in the United States. The <laughs> <Yep. laughs> <laughs> local guy. <laughs> Man, Joey, you're the most famous pastor. And uh, can't they get uh, your autograph on Joey? Was it JoeySvenson.net? I am everybody's pastor.net. Yeah, I, I am something.net uh, forward slash Joey Svenson. I love it, man. Uh, I'll tell you something that also is amazing is 
Blue Apron. You know how long uh, Bad Christian has been working with Blue Apron? I, I the whole time. I don't. I don't because it's that long. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I can't remember a time we haven't worked with Blue Apron. And the reason why it's just a, it's just good. I mean, it's great. L- let me tell you this. One of their meals is called Honey Chipotle Glazed Chicken with Poblano and Lime Rice. Now, mm. this is what I have always my entire life called that. Chicken and rice. <laughs> chicken. But now, I, yeah, I got some chicken. Here's some rice. I'm going to eat. But now I get to call my food this awesome, fa- good, great honey chipotle glazed chicken with poblano and lime rice. Like w- w- that makes the meal so much better, so much more fun. And it really is an experience to get to have a Blue Apron meal. That's why we like them so much. It's convenient. Blue Apron delivers fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes uh, right to your door so that it can be cooked in under 45 minutes. Isn't that crazy? Flexibility. Blue Apron offers 12 new recipes each week, and customers can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what fits their schedule best. And Blue Apron sends only non-GMO ingredients and meat with no added hormones. I'm serious. This company... This product is so good. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash badchristian. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian to get your first three meals free. What are you waiting for? Three free meals? Uh, You ain't going to get that anywhere else. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay. All right. Uh, Joey, you sent us a text of something cool to talk about. I want to get into it. I'll let you do it. Well, today. yeah. Yes, yesterday I was trying to tell somebody, uh, a coworker, Jennifer, I was trying to tell her, "Hey, this person, blah 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 blah." And she said, "Well, what what does what does she look like?" And uh, to be quite honest, the the woman was, uh, I, I said, "Yeah, she'd probably be more like a daughter, but you know, an attractive college student." And then I was like. I had to start going. I was like, what else am I supposed to say? Like hair color? That's not helpful. And so then I found myself trying to think of descriptive words for like her physical. But I was just like, what the hell am I doing? So I just said, she's very ugly and grossly overweight. And Jennifer looked at me like, what in the world? And I was like, what do you want me to say? Like, I have no idea. You asked me how they look. And so that led me to think, is it oak? Like, is it socially acceptable? What if this person was just extremely ugly? No matter who you are, you would look at this person. Well, I guess I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but most people would say, yeah, that dude, that dude is just ugly. Is it okay to describe to someone else if it is helpful to clue them in on who you're talking about? No, you know what I'm talking about. Rob, Rob, he's got black hair. He's, he's really ugly. He, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rob, 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 got that. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we use those as descriptors? Because I am always, always uncomfortable. And then, so it's uncomfortable calling people ugly. It's also uncomfortable saying, oh, God, yeah, she, yeah, <laughs> super pretty girl. <laughs> it's just, yeah. that. all of that is tricky territory. And then it just led yes. me to thinking about attraction and the fact, you know, I tell in premarital counseling sessions, I, I make sure I tell them, look, just because you are committing yourselves to each other, it does not mean you're not attracted to other people. Like, get that in your heads now because it will sneak up and bite you if you're not ready for it. You're going to be freaking attracted to other people. Yeah. You know what's funny that you bring this up, too, just on a side note? I have thought for the longest time it would be super beneficial as children, we were taught the correct way to describe someone. Like, and maybe you just use like more hard data, like 
they weigh 215 pounds. That you know, you know what I mean. BMI. Or, you know, like, what if you yeah, told yeah. her? She said, what, right. "What does this lady look like?" You're like, her BMI is probably like you know 188. I don't know what the, right. I don't know what the metrics are. And she like, but, and then she in her head she go, "Does that mean fat or skinny?" Which is all she wants right. to know. Right. <laughs> but I'm saying, if you actually knew the the right numbers right. or the right way to say something, you could because what if you just you said always, wait. You didn't you say always, like, you always need that when two fifty, you know, right. f- five nine, two fifty. Uh, well, the other day I actually I didn't even tell you all this. I not to hijack this. I I witnessed a crime and I had to describe. Oh yeah, <laughs> describe. Tell us then. Yeah. yeah, because I, this I, this relates. You can't withhold details about a person's ethnicity or weight, right. Or height right, when you're describing so I, a crime. So I'm on the bike. I'm biking. I'm watching a, a Legion on my phone, and I happen to look up and I see this. You were biking and watching a movie. Do we know, skip uh, that uh, part? No, I was at the YMCA oh, okay. on, a, on, good, a, good. on a one of those bikes. So what okay. do they call those? Uh, stationary bike, right? And uh, so I look up and I see a lady doing something to a window, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder what happened, huh? Maybe she. Oh, it looks like she broke the window. I don't know. Now she's climbing the window. Oh, she must have left her key. Nope. She throws another purse out the window into another car, climbs back out the window, and they speed off. And I tried to take the license plate, but I didn't quite get it. But then. Uh, so I went and told them in the locker room. Yeah. So no. So I look outside the window at a car. Did mm-hmm. I not explain that? Yeah. Yeah. So but they I see a car. purses. Yeah. So the purse. Some a lady at the YMCA left her purse in the car. They probably rode around, saw uh, or walked around, saw a car with a purse in it, smashed the window, grabbed oh, the, in the car. I see. Yeah. Grabbed the purse and they they sped off. Right. Got it. So uh, they asked me what she looked like, and I was I, I immediately was like, in this this day and age, and I'm a white man. What was I say? It was a young black lady yeah. and an older and black man. And you felt man. bad about describing him. Yeah, and I was like, she was thin, and it looked like the man was a little bit bigger. I didn't see much of him because he was in the car, but it looked like he was a bigger man, and she had on like tight jeans and what looked like cool Nikes on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the way I was describing, I was like, and, and you know, and I said, and they, and they smashed, but I had to actually describe, I was like, you know, her hair was kind of in long braids, like, uh, and you know, and I was just I was like, they were like, okay, we got it, we got it. They let me. And I was like, because I just I was like, man, I have to describe somebody. That is so and funny. She and she was skinny, or I would, you know, I would say if I saw her one, I was like, skinny or thin or whatever. But I was thinking, what are the right words to say here? How do I describe this person? And I'm talking about the color of their skin. I'm talking about their hair. Uh, all of this stuff all wrapped up. And I and I'm saying they committed a crime and. It might try and get them busted or mm-hmm. something like that. It was, it was kind of well, intense. So let's make I mean, a it's, list it's, of the things that you're not supposed Like, Okay, so if it was like, some again, somebody abducted your kid, you'd be calling out every detail as fast as you could, and you wouldn't lose a, a moment, a beat on every detail you could cough up, right? Right. So obviously there's sometimes when you would. On some other situations when it doesn't seem to matter, there seems to be no good reason to comment negatively about people. That's what we run right. into, correct? It's a manners yes. thing. Or or yeah. or a, or something, but let's make a list of all the things that you shouldn't say. You you're not supposed to come in on what. <laughs> you're not just see if we can figure on... out what they are. Well, according to us and how we deal with our kids, or what I hear Jess tell people, you don't ever say somebody's big or fat or uh, smelly or loud. <laughs> now, can you I say mean, the opposite of those things, or is it just you don't talk about size? Like, can you say thin? But, See, I think I think with close friends, it's fair game. You say whatever needs to be said to clue them in because you have a relationship and it's and it's fine. 
So if we're talking about just in society and functioning as a whole, I don't think you can do any of that stuff anymore unless you want to get in trouble. I mean, I actually, so when I, when I really took the route of, okay, I'm going to describe this person. I had this, this girl was not overweight, but she was more of a stout athletic type. And so I was looking for the words. I was like, I mean, bigger boned, but athletic. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is just crazy. And, but in this Softball, conversation, when I, yeah, when, <laughs> when I think about this conversation, though, I would have no problem with telling someone, <laughs> oh man, this, this, the, yeah, she's beautiful. I mean, she's really, really, really pretty girl. You, you've seen her before, but I would not be comfortable saying, I mean, super ugly. You've, you know, what How about giant, about. Her name is- giant boobs. Nope. <laughs> if that was the person's defining quality, then that would be if the it, easiest way to describe them. But I mean, these things are giant. You know who I'm yes. talking about. And then they'd say, right. yes. with, with, with a close friend, male or female, right. yes, I would do that. Yeah. I, I mean, that, and, and some people you know, say, well, the that's guy with all the back hair that's sticking out of his, you know, that's right. the easiest way yeah. to identify oh, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. That, right. you, exactly. You know who we're talking about. Yeah, you know that guy who does the comb over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He needs toupees. to shave that shit right. off. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you don't say about right. toupees, bad hair. I mean, some largely negative things, at least. But, yeah. you know, it, it depends on the thing. But the problem is it's a weird game we play. Like, we've decided as society we don't want to make those things work. Like, we get it. Like, we, we, none of us want to hear that or be described that way. We'd like to do better than that. But there's the deep, deeper part of us in our brains that know we do care about that, and we do. It's just at least the most easiest way to recognize and think. It is the easiest way to think about people. That's yeah. the problem, and that's why the stereotypes run and are pervasive. And that's what discrimination comes from: is you take the lazy, easiest way to categorize somebody and then utilize it to make judgments. That's yeah. that is but, the wrong thing to do. <laughs> but simply talking about a description, not so much. But here's here's what I'll say: if you if you have the unction to say what do they look like, right. then it's fair game. Like if you are asking, then you need to be okay with how that person is trying to describe. Like I, to me, if it's someone that you know and you are not being disrespectful and you're not trying to denigrate them, in my opinion, you're just doing the best you can to describe them because that's mm-hmm. what the person asked. Well, let's, I got two more deeper questions about this that it's it, – generates in me can, one I, can of them, I say yeah, can I say ahead. a side note there yeah. just that it's funny there are kind of two distinct qualifiers though when you're talking about somebody and especially overweight people when it's an overweight woman <laughs> uh people go yeah but she, oh man she's so beautiful she's so pretty they yeah. you know, they, they, beautiful. Uh, and if it's yeah. a big guy they go oh man he's so funny and so strong, cool though and strong. <laughs> <laughs> he's so fun man that guy you know the big oh man he's hilarious he's really cool like you know gregarious just you know right Lights have y'all heard healthy? Have y'all heard yeah, somebody describe a, a, a bigger person as either healthy? It I'm was like, a, no, that, that's exactly what they're not. That's they're what not Elaine healthy. did on Seinfeld. She said, George, there's describing George. Says he's strong. He can lift 100 pounds right over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, but that, that those are two qualifiers. De- people definitely, and that's just that goes back to manners because it implies, if you say big, it immediately implies negative. You know what I mean? Right. Like It, it really is. Right. And And... Unless, I've been big my whole life. Right, I've felt that way my entire life. But that's where it gets weird is, are you, here's the problem. Your descriptions are one thing. Discriminations, as I mentioned, are another thing. Yes, I but agree. But the exact definition of discrimination is mate selection. 
is oh, purely right. and 100% discrimination based on what you like and don't like. And a great amount of that is, of course, physical. And why the hell shouldn't right. it be? Yeah. Like, why shouldn't you select for what you find attractive and what right. you like? And, and that means mental qualities as well. well but butts, would inc- legs, skin, you know, intelligence, sense of humor, compassionate, ability to learn, all these things, you would, they're all part, they're all qualities. So why are some of them not acceptable to select for? But unfortunately, what gets us in trouble as males who are wired up that way, I think the majority of women are not. By and large, there's a smaller percentage of women who are just like, oh, God. Well, they they tend to select less for for visual things, but they select a lot for visual things, but they also select higher for things like, you know, income stability and and other things like that. Matt, Matt, I disagree with that. I think women choose visual just as much as men. What, Joey? I said Priscilla married me. That's my point. Check it out. Well, I mean, no, just look I, at me. I, I still think that's. Yeah, I don't know. What I still think about. that's a lot visual. I, I, I think women are just as visual as men, but maybe their, their mate selection right. isn't as visually driven. They're, that's just it, not. That, okay, right. it might not be as yes, it might not be as visually driven, but I still think it's it's pretty strong. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, very strong. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, who is to say what qualities are okay to select for and not? And here's where I really want to go with this. Of course, okay, first of all, at a population level, I'm not talking about Priscilla or me or yeah. anybody you know or any one person or I know you're the oddball that likes whatever it is, big noses or what. You're not supposed to talk about noses. Add that to the list, by the way. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> unless it's perfect, that's the right. only thing good you yeah, can say. But, oh, yeah. Perfect nose. But, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> on the whole, we know that things like Odd shaped noses, eyes too close together, overweight yeah. are not popular. I mean, that doesn't mean nobody likes those things, or you can never, nobody can li- like those people, but less people, right. we know less people do. That's just a fact. Yeah. So it's a, if it is a real fact, there's got to be, I mean, it, you know, that does put a real crunch on stuff because people 100% rightly discriminate against the things they seem to like less, which are weird facial deformities and you know what i mean there that we do select right. against that and there's no no way around that right yeah is yeah. there no way around that you know and I so then they it. bring into the stuff like <laughs> and i'm not trying to make any whatever right. point but even they talk about some people think it's an issue for instance to not be attracted to a trans woman right that, how dare you discriminate like that you know you say well right. no but i don't like that well that i don't know if you're you know Stuff like that, like yeah. it, it's going to be a sticky situation to some degree if you if you have to do active discrimination in your mate choice, right? I mean, I don't. That's I never have understood that. I like you are naturally going to be attracted to some people and not to others. Now, if that goes across an entire population of people or an entire race or something. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a like you said, if you're talking about discriminating against them to the point of it actually hurts their existence or pushes them back down right. down and you up or something like that. But I can't help it that uh, my wife uh, uh, has certain characteristics that I find the most attractive. Right. And, that's, and that's what one about of the, the fact that, that you don't like Asians? I love Asians, but you, are you attracted to? I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm not saying that about you. I'm just saying, is no, that no, is that possible right. for somebody to say, "Oh, me, I'm not into Asians. I don't like them." 
Right. I, I don't want to date an Asian person. I don't want I'm not to. Attracted. I don't like I'm not, them. I'm not attracted, attracted to them. them. I discriminate against them. They are excluded from possible people for me to date. Not me yeah. personally, of course. I'm saying, is that fucked up or no? Here's what's tricky is I think the the only one that would be potential to be offensive, it seems like, would be... Edit that. I shouldn't get into that. <laughs> well, you didn't say anything, so I'll leave you saying it. You self-censored. Yeah, leave, enough, leave that in. Now, you self-censored. That's pretty amazing. Now, how about this? Don't edit that out. I liked it. Um, here's the other one, though. People, what were you going to say? Here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. It, pro- it probably isn't that big of a deal, but I'm just like, I'm sure hey, yeah, not, just but, don't. Just uh, don't. But here's the problem that I run into when I think about this at all is we seem to feel as if it is superficial to have judgments and preferences based on looks. Do you agree? Like that's you've yes. heard that your whole yeah, life yeah. It matters what's on the inside, for instance. Is, I know is where you're going with this one. Right? Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that sound great to know that, well, what's on the inside is really what right. counts? Yeah. Uh, and the physical stuff and the beauty, Sounds that's right. just superficial. Well, yeah. I couldn't, I really, I could say this, I strongly disagree. I'll say it calmly. I, I have this problem, and I've had arguments with strangers about it. Um, I was in the uh, a hardware store somewhere with Georgia, and the lady came up to her and told her how pretty she was. Because people like to tell you pretty kids are pretty, yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. seems nice enough. Right. And I'm fine with it. If somebody wants to compliment my daughter and say she's pretty. Then she right. says, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You're not supposed to talk about their looks. I understand. And she apologized for it. And so you're supposed to compliment on, on their intelligence. And I said, <laughs> oh, gosh. no. Well, how is, and I said yeah. to the lady, I was like, really? How is that any different? And she said, yeah. well, because, you know, it, it, your looks are they're superficial and it's just some people don't have it and some people do and some people, you know what I mean? So you can't, I said, yeah, I know, exact same as intelligence, right? <laughs> right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's it a is, wonderful exactly, quality yeah. that some people possess and some people yeah. do not. And the people that do not yeah. are often maligned and the world sucks for them and they're continually and oppressed and not, don't have, because what, they're and fucking you, smart? Uh, are you kidding me? Fuck off with that. No, but you, you have not to get to admit. value smart like that. I, I, and I, and I people that. definitely and people definitely choose that too. This person's not smart enough for me to date. I know or this person's too smart I, for me to date. Yeah, you, I'm not people, saying that's wrong. I'm saying when you date, no, you're yeah, yeah. completely discriminating. But it's not more right. superficial to choose. Oh, it's not, not to, at all. And to favor people and to reward intelligence. I hate right. when people do that. I, I despise now, giving benefits to intelligent people. I, I hate that treating d- intelligent people differently. I don't like it. Right. I, I mean, it's like treating good-looking people differently. It's not right. You have yeah, to would, actively try not to do it. Would you guys agree, though, because I, I don't see how this is arguable, if some, like, like let's take a an eight-year-old, very, very, very cute, intelligent little girl, I mean, just smart as a whip, straight A's, and super, super cute, if everyone that she came into contact with, uncles and aunts and grandparents and friends and neighbors, just always commented on how cute she was, don't you think that's going to affect yes, that's her true. future? Yes, a hundred percent, big time. And that's why. Same we, as if you said you're so smart, you're unbelievably smart, you're the smartest girl in all of the world. That would affect her future. Yeah, yeah. and neither I'm, one of those affects. I mean. Both of those have liabilities. They are overall good because encouragement is good. But both of those have real liabilities. They say what you need to reward in people would be uh, the effort. So if you if you tell like an intelligent child they're intelligent all the time, they 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 can tend to become afraid of not being able to live up to 
people telling them they're so intelligent, and then they, yeah. they they're afraid to fail and make mistakes and do the factual requirements to really learn and succeed. Yeah. So a lot of time yeah. those people become real fragile, and then they are obsessed with the appearance. And God dang it, is there a lot of people out there like that? They're obsessed with the. Have you met these people? Obsessed with the appearance of being intelligent. They overuse big oh, words. Oh, they want to yeah. run with more smarter people. They want to be seen as intelligent, and that ain't the same thing as learning shit and knowing shit and getting stuff done, which is what you want your kids to do. And that right. is when you reward them for their what they choose, which is their effort. So if somebody, yeah. I suppose, makes a lot of effort to look good and work out, yeah, that's good. But if whatever you're born with, don't we don't want to reinforce that stuff. It all it does is mess people up. It's the same as anything. It's funny yeah. too, like there I mean there's uh, lots of factors too though. People definitely dis- discriminate on how much money you have in your bank. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, in your bank account. Like there's all kinds of discriminatory things that you do naturally where you're like, Oh, wait, I didn't realize you were super rich. Yeah. Like th- th- there's all these different leveling of the playing field like if you are an ugly nerd that nobody likes and thinks stupid in high school and then you become bill gates or something right. well, but things super change rich for you got you unlimited or, women or right or or something Whatever. changes for you so i i think the overall idea here though is maybe it's a common thing that people do and it some people want to say oh well i don't discriminate it is what's on the inside i don't know if it's ever There's, you're still it's, discriminating be, for good insides right. then. Well, I don't if know if it's what you're just saying. good insides, then yeah, you're being just as discriminatory. I agree. That's what I'm saying. It, there, you, there, you all see, of it has to matter. The whole you person see someone's has to matter. Heart and you're discriminatory, bastard. No, you no. Saw their heart. You can say, listen, I, listen. Which is better? I have this girlfriend. She is. Oh my gosh, she is so hot. Her hair is just so beautiful. Her skin's this perfect. I mean, you're gonna yeah. trust me. It is awesome. Dumber than a doornail. Not much at parties. <laughs> Not much to talk to, but it's, I just, I couldn't be happier. That's just her bad quality. Now, I am a shithead <laughs> versus uh, you've got to meet my new girlfriend. She is just brilliant, brilliant. Uh, she's witty. She's smart. She's written this book and that thing. Man. She's in a wheelchair and her body's completely withered. I mean, she's nothing to look at. Like, no, nobody, including me, finds her attractive, of course, physically, but that's okay because on the inside, she's just so beautiful. Those are the two equivalent statements, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, those I, agree. Are the, both, I mean, they both well, sound horrific. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, neither. Well, I'm just saying they're not the like you would make a character judgment about that. Who would choose one versus the other? But it's not right. inherently that different. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, I, I think another interesting angle with all of this stuff too is when you think about uh, so Priscilla's best friend in Iowa and the town that she grew up in is what 99.999 percent white. Well, one of her best friends is black, uh-huh. and so. I think that is very interesting information given where Priscilla grew up and and just how the lack of diversity but we're never going to say that. Oh, you, you know that you know uh Priscilla's best friend, she's black by the way. But that's super mm-hmm. interesting information that I think is helpful yeah. to the person to even get more context but you just can't do that's that. That's one of the best arguments for diversity in my opinion and well I, I like to use the word I, I try not to even use the word diversity. I try to substitute the word variety wherever possible because it's less charged, <laughs> you know. But right. variety is a wonderful concept. The more variety life. that you are exposed to, the more potential things that you may like. Like, you know what I mean? If you've never seen an Asian person in your life and then then went through puberty, I think you might fail to know how to be properly attracted to a culture or visual or mental model of something you're unfamiliar with, right? 
Right. But if you had grown up in a super multicultural neighborhood, boy, I think you're playing your uh, fish. The, the the sea is much bigger a fish that you're going to be attracted to. That'd be a good a good thing, right? Or yeah, types yeah. of friends you may be able to have, you know. So the experience with the variety of types of people probably opens up all those things. Yeah, I'm at a place now to where if something happened to Priscilla, I would definitely be okay with any race of, of woman. I just, uh, women, I, I just love them all. So. And this is as of what year? You know, like the last couple of years now? Does that no. sound like an update? I, I, I don't know. I just, I just like realized recently had, how Joey. much I just love But what women. was your previous, uh, what was your previous thing to, before you realized this? Yeah. Uh, I, the whole thing is a joke, and now you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> trying to get you in trouble. No, but I was going to say that exact same thing earlier when you were asking, like, who are you attracted to? Maybe some people aren't attracted to Asian people or Italian people or whatever it might be. Uh, if if you go take that stance, then you will miss out on something. Mm-hmm. The, the variety or the diversity really is key to— Like foods. I mean, you don't know what you like. or you just The reason uh, you probably like— the, the person that's the same race as you, if you're attracted to the same race as you, is because it's just the safest, most right. thing that you know. You like vanilla and ice cream, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know. So if, you, st- if you step out and try something crazy, then it might be really good. Yeah, but and if you might learn something. It's not going to yeah. be that easy and, to get and, into and it. Even, and even back to Matt's uh, point a long time ago, is there anything wrong with a black female saying, oh, I don't date white guys, or, no. a, or, 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 a, or a white dude saying, yeah, I don't really date black girls? No, if they were saying I hate that those people, then yes. But if they're saying I, I, I can't, I mean, because it it gets to a certain point, doesn't that if if everybody's saying, uh, "Baby, I'm born this way," well, maybe some people are born all kinds of ways, and you you only can be attracted to who you were you're born attracted to, or probably way, the way I believe is everything's available, and maybe you should try some stuff and see what see what it, it, you know test yourself a little bit. Don't be so. Uh, <laughs> Close-minded. Everything is available. Everything try some stuff. Not everything is. Uh, what's the what's the script? <laughs> to- what Toby's it? trying to say here is premarital <laughs> variety is optimal. Is that have sex with right? as many people? Have sex with as many people as possible before, before marriage, and then don't get married. <laughs> Man, we are laying down some truth today. How about some more truth? Let's do it. Some more fucking truth on the fucking bad Christian podcast today, motherfuckers. My name is Toby Burrell, and I'll say this. I don't discriminate because everybody looks the same in the dark. Oh, <laughs> Am I right? Pastor Spencer knows what I'm talking about. I like it. and I, I, I keep the lights on, man. <laughs> do, do y'all? y'all Are y'all lights on or lights off? Y'all want to say? That's, just not, that's none of your business is what I'll say. You can't say lights on or lights off? I, I do. I, I prefer... I, I prefer I, we use strobes, so which is that on or off? <laughs> That's on and we off have, the way we do we it. We have it's, mirrors you know, in the ceilings, and black light <laughs> strobes, and stuff like that. A, we have some the lasers too, so you could. I don't know if you want to call that. On oh, or we off. ordered the lasers from Amazon. Yeah. They should be coming here pretty soon. That's pretty the cool. lasers are, are yeah are good. All right, my first news comes from old roving reporter Kevin Ming. He's in the BC Club, by the way, and uh, and he knew my heart. It came from Fox News, right? That's, I mean, Fox News is is it the one? It's probably one of the last. Remaining truthful it's the last news trusted sites. source after the damn news, right? <laughs> after the damn news, Fox it's News the, is like the, the only one you can trust. Trusted sources. Okay, Th- speaking about looks and not discriminate, discriminating against people because people can do anything. It doesn't matter 
what you look like, what's, uh, what uh, problems you have in life, you can overcome. And this guy, this is a kind of a pretty amazing story. This guy overcame and did something pretty amazing. Armless man in Miami charged with stabbing Chicago tourist. I mean, hero. It, I mean, my God. If I would have told you, hey, there's an armless man, what do you think? What's something he can't do? You would say stabbing would be, yeah, like (laughs) one at the top of the list. Yeah. Well, let me explain it to you. An armless home. (laughs) Joey, what are you laughing at? (laughs) I have two rules that I have to abide by because of you bastards. I have to keep the microphone in my face and I have to let laughter out because it's good for the podcast, even if it makes me look like an asshole. An armless homeless man in Miami, Florida, has been charged with stabbing a Chicago tourist with scissors. First of all, you don't. If you go, can't find humor in that, your yeah. heart's already too black. Anyway. I know. <laughs> Come oh on, my God, <laughs> you're a hateful, yep. mean-spirited person if you can't find that shit funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonathan Crenshaw, who is related to Clay Crenshaw, who's also in the club, I think. Uh, he's 46 he years, years old. Now, this this is go getter here. He used his feet to hold mm-hmm. scissors and stab Caesar Coronado, who was only 22 years old. Uh, Miami Beach police said uh, Wednesday, which is crazy. I mean, this guy has no arms. He's 46. I'm in my 40s. And this 22-year-old, <laughs> man, go go older guy. Um, Crenshaw told police he was lying down just after mid midnight Tuesday when Coronado kicked him in the head. The man then allegedly stabbed Coronado twice before fleeing the scene, according to the arrest report. A friend of Coronado's, however, said the two asked Crenshaw for directions when he suddenly stabbed Coronado in the arm. Coronado was taken to a hospital and Crenshaw was charged with ag- aggravated uh, battery. Now, here's the thing. Who are you going to believe? Like, do you give the benefit of the doubt to the guy uh, that has no arms or to the other people that say, no, man, we were just asking directions. I think the guy with no arms, you give him the benefit of the doubt. How, how hard was it? I mean, if they were, hey, here's some, tell me how to get to uh, the Publix grocery store down the street. And all of a sudden he just stabs you with his leg. Nah, I think they were messing with him and he mm-hmm. had it ready to go. He reached over with his toe, grabbed that knife and stabbed that dude. And I think the dude maybe deserved it. I, I'll put it this way. I don't think this is his first stabbing. No, my God, no. He, it's, it's like one of those 80s uh, he, he, Rambo movies where yeah. he practiced for years yeah, for this moment. To, yeah, you, you don't just pull that off over a directional uh, disagreement. Hey, let, just, let, me, all of a sudden, let me throw this Let me throw this in here because it reminds me. My fa- there is a guy. He has some experience, gi- I imagine. There's a gigantic guy that walks up and down the street of my parents' neighborhood yelling, Gigantic, gigantic, man. Oh, really? gigantic <laughs> man in there. Okay, and uh, yeah. my, I understand my, exactly what you're talking about. My father-in-law, what race is went the over, person? My father-in-law, I'm not going to say race. <laughs> uh, what, what, what good is that? Uh, What's his my, intelligence level? <laughs> my father-in-law actually went to my parents' house to do some uh, remodeling, and my dad said, "Oh, I, I see that you got to see the guy that walks up and down yelling." And and Dave looked at my dad and said, "Yeah, I saw him. He hit." me in the face <laughs> knock my glasses off but the guy has Tourette's so I mean can you do anything can you take them to to jail I mean can a Tourette's person do whatever they want and just well, pretty much I, say I'm sorry I, couldn't help it did he apologize no well then that's then he, I don't think you know if you have Tourette's and do something you would profusely and continuously apologize possibly show, show a doctor's note that's true maybe right. he's a Tourette's faker all right Toby sorry Y'all want another one? Yeah. Yeah, one more. All right. Well, folks, 
Uh, I found this one as uh, another BC. These BC clubbers are really sending in uh, the roving reporter news. This is Paul Garcia. I thought this one's kind of uh, it's kind of sad. It's about a, a mother and a son. See if you can make Joey um, laugh about it. It's about a mother and a son, and the son died. So it's going to be a little bit sad. A uh, 92-year-old woman kills her son after refusing to be sent to assisted living facility. Mm. She's like, fuck you. You came out of my womb, and I'll send, I'm going to send you to hell for trying to <laughs> si- <laughs> She killed a 70, her 70-year-old son with a gun. Yep. Because he wanted to put her in the nursing home? Yes, this comes oh from the gosh. Arizona That's Republic. That's actually a real nightmare. Because, I know. I mean, that's a real nightmare because I've always had this thought or like this position that I'll see if I can work it out. But it's, 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 and I've told you this before, Toby, there, the time when the, the, the younger generation becomes the point guard for the family is always, almost always too late in the ball game <laughs> because the biases are stacked up against, well, she wants to stay in her house or she wants to control her own money, even though clearly it's getting to the, t- you know, so maybe right. if when you're 55 and your parents are in their late seventies, at that point you should yeah. be actively transitioning power of attorney and you know, you right. have to, but it's uncomfortable and people don't like to do it. So you let it play out and go longer and longer and then it really adds up then they get harder to reason with and then if they get senile and then they might be violent this is the you know this is why you need to start this process earlier not when she's 92 (laughs) and prone to violence on the other hand you could just say what how shitty must this son actually be that she could that he could cause his mom (laughs) To do such a thing, <laughs> Toby and I, Toby and I used to visit a woman in her assisted living home, and she would close the door and she'd be like, "Is anybody else in here?" We're like, "No." She's just like, "My daughter kidnapped me and mm-hmm. put me in here." I mean, and that was her story yeah. every single time. It's, it's almost like she wanted us to scheme with her right? to get her That's back her to her house because her daughter sure. is a creepo. Met her daughter, wonderful woman, but yeah. but but that, Great that woman. transition would have happened better and earlier. I bet it wouldn't have been traumatic as it must have right. been and scarred. And then that's the way the lady is. I mean, basically, look at it this way. Being old is like having rabies. <laughs> you, as soon as the, you can't catch old, you, low rabies. Cannot look, catch old. It, you can't wait too long to deal with the problem. What I'm saying is okay, it, once you, you notice it, this, this dog has got rabies, you have a certain amount of time to have a right. care plan in place for what you will do, where it will go, what will happen. Same is true with old. You got it. So has any, I don't, I think also you cannot tell old people you're taking them there. You can't, you you can't wait until they become rabid dogs and then try to take them somewhere. You don't mention it until you're like, Oh, (laughs) check out this cool room. And then you run. That's all you can do. That's what I want my kids to do to me. You want them to do what? I want them to, I want my kids to say, Hey dad, let's just go out to eat lunch. And we're going to show you this cool place that we might be buying this cool house. We might be buying. And they take me into this room, and then they shut the door, and they take off running. That's it. And they, yeah. At what age do you want them to do it? Uh, man, probably – for me, it probably won't be that bad. I was going to say like 68. <laughs> 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 but hold on. Let me finish reading the story. So the 92-year-old woman, uh, she let's see. Here's what she said. Uh, you took my life, so I'm taking yours. An anime blessing of Fountain Hills this is in Arizona, and the Arizona Republic wrote this. Uh, reportedly said as deputies escorted her from her apartment, she shared. So she already shared an apartment with her son, who's 72-year-old, 
and his girlfriend. Court, uh, court records show Blessing had been contemplating her son's intentions to put her in an assisted living facility for several days. So just over a course of several days, not months, years, um, she decided uh, that he, uh, because her son said she had become too difficult to live with. Um, she had two, she had hid two pistols. How does a 92-year-old woman get the pistols? It must have guns in the, inside the house, probably. Um, she hit him in a robe. She shot him twice, killing him. And then his girlfriend knocked one gun out and then had to knock the other gun out and then called the police and got in there. And so, but listen to this. How about this? She's 92. How long is she going to be in prison? Oh, yeah. And now she's in a facility that's going to take care of her. The yeah, exact about the same. same. Yeah. So, good. I mean, except I mean, for that one's for this one's free. Right. So, in a way, <laughs> that's better she saved a, a lot of people a lot of money. So, once again, old people do mm-hmm. serve a purpose. Yeah, I think you missed the thing where she also had a pair of scissors hidden in her shoe. Oh, yeah. You're right. She did. So She, she had said, a pair of scissors hidden in her shoe to, in to stab to the, them as the well. Guns. Yeah. She wanted to kill herself, uh, but had no additional weapons to do so. So, she was going to kill herself, but now she's in jail. So, Jipes. nothing changed except for she murdered her son. And she had, I mean, she's 92. So, for the next, what? Uh, 14, 15 days she lives. That's all. <laughs> She's got to think, live with that. You got to live with this for the rest of the two weeks. <laughs> all right. That's the damn news. <laughs> that's the meanest thing you can say that old lady. Yeah, I'm well, And for the rest of your three weeks, you have to live knowing you murdered your son. You are grounded for well, two weeks. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life in prison. Or... <laughs> All right, that's the damn news. Life in prison. Right. We'll get you a couple extra towels. Yeah. You'll make it. Man, 92-year-old. I mean, she's. Uh, you think she's going to hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the she news, might. Toby, and the BC yep. Club for supporting it and sending uh-huh. in the news stories, the questions, the content, the everything, the, the Bad Christian Podcast really, this podcast itself is just an extension of the club and our community. And yes, we're planning a bunch of big stuff. We're going to be doing some stuff where the three of us will be on the road uh, come about November time. We'll give you the details soon. And we're already th- motivated and doing a little bit of work on the Bad Christian Conference that we'll have. Uh lot more to to do on that to get all the details point is that's our community we go out we you know we do it all we do our community online facebook conference live shows and we try to just let everything come out of that hang out with the people we like hanging out with that seem to like us have fun talk about shit not get too serious about it and give you a little bit more window into just regular people not you know serious people Everybody else is too serious is basically mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So if you think everybody else is a little too serious, you belong in the BC Club. You can go to thebcclub.com. See y'all next time. She tells the other inmates, I'm in here for life. <laughs> <laughs> She's a lifer. The judge sentenced her to three consecutive life prisons, which is 18 days. <laughs> She's up, she's up she's up for parole in 72 hours. Halfway through the life She made it halfway through her life sentence before she died. Bless her heart. <laughs>